0: Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Money FM 89.3, it is drive time. Uh, time now for Market View, where in a while we'll talk about uh, Tim and Tian Tian's uh, favorite two topics uh, Singapore Airlines and Scoot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got that right. Uh, for now, though, a quick recap of how we started the day
1: one more carrot cake. <laughs> but either way... <laughs> that one is a scoot one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's take a look at how we started the day. Singapore shares opened higher uh, following strong overnight gains on Wall Street. So the Straits Times Index notched up 0.3% to 3,252 points in early trade. Nearly 55 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, off to the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed up 0.53%. We're looking at 3,260 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $2.61 billion. Now, gainers outnumbered losers, 350 versus 216. Top advances for today, New Incorporation USD, Venture Core, and DBS. And top decliners, SIA, Semcore Industries, and iFast. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we have SIA because SIA and Scoot served uh, 2.8 million passengers in May, including myself, uh, a year on year increase of 65.8%. Now, meanwhile, from Singapore's key exports, showing a larger than expected drop uh, to the Bank of Japan, keeping interest rates ultra low. Major economic developments continue to weigh on markets. Now, corporate developments continue to be in focus as well. We have Micron saying that it's committed to China. Tesla's China expansion hit the speed bump as well. So, for more market moves and views that speak to our regular Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at Sias. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. And Ben, let's start with the usuals. How has the STI closed for the week? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? We have Top Glove reporting earnings as well. So any surprises there? Uh,
0: not really. So it's been a great week alongside yeah. all the major markets. Uh, and really, we need to thank our good friend, uh, Jerome Powell and his uh, gang at the Fed. Yeah. Uh, so moderating inflation in the US, leading to perception that we have hit uh, peak interest rates and peak inflation. So all that provided a good narrative for this week's performance. Um, so uh, if we look at Top Glove specifically, so uh, I think there's an existential issue with uh, you know the uh, business environment that Top Top Glove is facing. Mm. So as you pointed out, its um, performance is not good. Uh, specifically, its revenue is actually down 64% year-on-year, and, year. Mm. Uh, and this is actually the fourth consecutive quarter of losses. Uh, if you look at the product that Top Glove makes, I mean, certainly this is a away from an iPhone or a PlayStation, mm-hmm. so the company can't really say, hey, you we've got a great product, it does this, it does that. Not really. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of product that people want to pay relative for, it's disposable, there are no obvious distinctive features compared to its competitors. So, in this kind of business, there's going to be relentless margin compression. People yeah. want it cheap, they want it good, it's very hard to make money, so... Um, not surprising, unfortunately, that this is the kind of environment that top of the is facing. Ben, uh, let's talk about Scoot serving <laughs> 2.8 million passengers in May. That includes twenty and ten, by the way. Um, <laughs> so that's what, 65.8% uh, year-on-year increase. Um, how should we view this news? Because I believe it also refuted mm. a, a report that uh, it may raise its stake in Air India. Help us <laughs> navigate this piece. Well, the headline numbers certainly look very good, right? So it's double-digit increase compared from uh, one year ago. So, But I think we need to curb our enthusiasm a little bit uh, because there is, to some extent there is a low base uh, effect at play here. So if you look at what happened one year ago, if you look at the traditional drivers for the airline industry, such as uh, number of passengers carried, passenger load factor, uh, available seat miles or available seat kilometers, the numbers one year ago were actually quite low simply because we are you know, coming out of COVID, right? So the air transportation industry uh, is certainly coming back globally, alongside revenge holidaying, revenge shopping. Mm. Uh, so it's not surprising to see high double-digit increases. Um, but that's just a headline number, right? So mm. that's it. SIA certainly has executed well. They has bounced back much more strongly compared to its peers.
1: And just want to quickly clarify, we are talking about SIA and Scoot included in the numbers at 65.8%. And mm. uh, meanwhile, Jardin Cycle and Carriage and used car tech platform Caro today announcing a strategic partnership uh, worth over 60 million US dollars, I believe, for used cars and after sales. To what extent has that filtered to trading floors looking at the performance of Jardin CNC today?
0: Well, trading was lively, but not significantly. Uh... Much more uh, lively compared to previous days. Uh, The stock price went as high as $34.45 in the early afternoon. Uh, has since closed at $34.10, I believe. Uh, Don't really think the news is moving the needle that much for Jardin CNC uh, because the company's market cap is actually about $13.4 billion. So the partnership is valued at US uh, $60 million. So definitely good news for the company. But uh, whether or not it's going to be a game-changer, and what they do with it, uh, I think uh, we need to give it some time to uh, for it to come um, to fruition. Ben, any surprises uh, from you at all with the 14.7% uh, drop of Nodex um, uh, for the month of May? Mm. Uh, yes, actually. So the consensus forecast was for a drop of 8.1% drop. So this is far worse than expected. Uh, this is, in fact, the eighth consecutive month of contraction, Uh, and the non-all domestic exports went to negative territory way back in October 2022. Uh, So uh, if we tie that back to the manufacturing PMI, that was actually also in uh, contractionary territory since September 2022, except for February this year. Uh, So certainly, the Singapore economy is facing headwinds with regards to its trading partners, US, Europe and China, not expected to post really good EP numbers this year. Um, but that's it probably next year is going to be much better for Singapore, um, at least statistically speaking, right? Because this year is going to have a low base effect.
1: <laughs> mm, okay. If you're just tuning in right now in conversation with Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at SIAS, uh, elsewhere, Ben, the Bank of Japan, maintaining ultra-easy monetary policy today, it seems like the BOJ will patiently sustain that massive stimulus we're seeing right now. How effective will mm. this be, though, in bolstering the Japanese economy? Given that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they are predicting inflation to sort of slow down a little bit in mm-hmm. Japan, right?
0: Um, I think the uh, monetary policy that the BOJ has embarked on is not specifically meant to pump prime the economy. Mm. So, if you look at the history of inflation in Japan, uh, it's been. Really low in some years, and uh, it's actually negative inflation since the year two thousand so the idea here is that the BOG is concerned that inflation might go back to close to uh, being zero, so currently it's three point five percent so their monetary policy uh, is meant to kind of entrench a inflation rate of around two percent um, mm. and that's why it's uh, you know it's ultra easy so it's not ready to kind of kickstart the economy. That's not really the main idea. But it is, of course, a bonus if uh, it does to higher GDP growth. Um, So that's it. As you can see, the policy embarked by BOJ is certainly uh, very different compared to its peers,
1: Mm, okay. And uh, speaking of growth, let's take a look at China. We have four major Western banks cutting their 2023 GDP forecasts for China, uh, namely UBS, Stanchart, Bank of America and JP Morgan. They expect China's mm. growth to be between 5.2% and 5.7% this year, which is down from an earlier range of 57 to 6.3%. Uh, what numbers are you looking at, given that China seems to be on the chump offensive in uh, meeting business leaders, mm. right? You have Bill Gates meeting President Xi Jinping in China. Uh, what are you expecting ahead?
0: Well, uh, if we look at the consensus uh, estimate, uh, China's GDP growth for 2023 is expected to be 5.5%, right? So the week, the weaker than expected data for me is really a wake-up call. Uh, though the China reopening trade is pretty much over, uh, if we look at the retail sales growth and uh, fixed asset investment, uh, basically capital investments, uh, slowed down from April and really undershot expectations. So this paints a narrative that domestic demand is softening quite quickly. So the revenge shopping that's all gone, mm. right? And you can see the stock price of uh, Louis Vuitton is again down, right? So the loss of recovery momentum is actually fueling concerns that mm. there's going to be a period of deflation in. Uh, China, uh, and again, as you mentioned, the Trump offensive is uh, really a con- uh, consequence of the uh, well, the frankly quite adversarial rhetoric between the US and China on a variety of issues. So they really need to, uh, you know, get the uh, you know change the narrative quite uh, narrative mm. there. Yeah. Mm. So it's going to be challenging for China this year. The world is not going to be able to depend on China to uh, pull its pull itself out of the global recession.
1: Okay. Now from China, let's take a look at some corporate developments. They continue to make the headlines today. We've got uh, Micron. A uh, very interesting mm. here. It says it's committed to China and would invest six hundred and three million US dollars over the next few years in Xi'an, but at the same time, uh, doing an investment in India as well to diversify. Uh, we also have uh, Tesla's China expansion hitting a speed bump, uh, and Elliot would love this as well. We have news on Manchester United negotiating sales talks. Uh, which one of them stood out to you today? I'll leave it to you to choose.
0: Uh, we can quickly talk about all three. Mm. So, Micron has been unfriended by China, so it needs to do something to uh, continue selling to China. So, one great idea is, of course, onshore manufacturing. So, that's all good for Micron, Powder strategy. Uh, BYD is probably going to be the world's largest EV manufacturer by volume, at least in a few mm. short years. Tesla will become number two. So the uh, long-awaited rationalization of the global EV market is at hand. So if you look at it, this is the traditional Chinese playbook. They're going to come out with products which are comparatively good, uh, comparatively cheap uh, to conquer uh, market share. So mm. Tesla is just the latest in a long line of a company that are yeah. facing this. Right okay. Now, as for Man you, it's a bunch of billionaires selling to other billionaires, or so maybe in this case, a sovereign wealth fund. Now, I don't think the fundamental business drivers of top tier football is going to change. So, we've seen all this before, right? The Japanese bought price assets in the US back in the 80s. The Chinese tried to do it in the last few years. Didn't quite turn out that well for them. Uh, But I think Elliot shouldn't worry because football is forever.
1: I like the way you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Can I quote you? Okay, all right. Thanks a lot, Ben. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial
0: situation, and risk tolerance.